stand with us this morning? And let's praise the Lord. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven, heaven, nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace. And to see everybody today. Great to see you all today. I've got three reasons why it's going to be a great day, all right? Number one, we're here at church. That's going to make it a great day. Number two, we're all together. And number three, I actually dressed in the same colors that the choir did today. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Hits a a nail on the head. Amen. But anyhow, it's great to have you all here today. It's a wonderful time for us to be together. We do want to pass on an announcement. We, for the last several weeks, we've been announcing our uh, big Christmas celebration, our, uh, par- our uh, I can't even think of what to call it, the banquet that's coming up on December 21st uh, at 6 o'clock. We've been talking about that and about reservations and stuff for you folks. Well, we have hit our limit, and we're actually closing that out, but we are starting a waiting list, and if you have signed up for the banquet and something has come up and you're not able to be there, if you can call and let the office know, we do have a waiting list going for people to come, so we still want you to be there if at all possible, uh, but we'll have you on the waiting list, and we'll keep you posted, and we'll let you know if you're able to get in. With that being said, we want to welcome you here to Stratford Heights this morning. We want to get out, shake hands, hug next, throw in a high five, a Merry Christmas, just any kind of awesome greeting that you want to. I sing praises to your name, oh Lord, praises to your name.
I was glad to see Richard in the choir colors too. We have a special solo that he doesn't know about that we're going to have him come up and do. So uh, pray for him if you would. All right. All consuming fire. You're my heart's desire. You're my heart's desire. And I love you dearly.
Oh. 
praise you, Lord. We lift up your holy name. For you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Praise your name. With all of my heart, Lord, I've come to worship so good, Lord. Praise your name. I exalt you. I exalt you, Lord. Exalted, oh Lord, you are my healer. Lord, you're my provider. All my strength that lies in you. give you praise. Sing it one more time. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt by the casket yesterday of Rob Blevins, who passed away over the week, and, and last evening we also had Archie McIntosh's funeral, who had been a longtime member of our church. But you know, I had a lady who was from Tennessee, and she stood next to me, and she, after the message and the service, she looked at me with tears dripping down her face, and she said, you know, if we didn't have the Lord this wouldn't even be possible to get through. And I said, amen. She said, what do people do without the Lord? What do people do without him? I don't know. I don't know. Because I have found him to be there when I'm on the mountaintop. He helps me to celebrate. But I've also found him there when I've gone through the deepest and lowest, darkest places of my life. And he has been there for me. Ever since I have discovered that Jesus is more than a, a religion, more than a name on a roll somewhere for somebody to count me, when I finally came to an understanding that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my healer, He provides for me, blesses me, keeps me. He's there when I go through the season of mourning and grief. He's there when I celebrate and I'm on the mountaintop. I exalt him with my life because he's given me life. And what I have, I give back to him. Amen? Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. David was writing this. 
he wasn't satisfied to just go through the motions. He wasn't satisfied to just sing a cute little doxology. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He was saying right there, man, he just takes care of everything, everything. This morning, I, before we go into prayer for Israel, we, we take time in our service to, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem as instructed in Scripture. Going to be preaching a message in a few weeks as we go into the new year on why we do that. Because, you know, inadvertently, because of so much politics and so much media, uh, there's a lot of people that are starting to turn in their loyalties to the little state of Israel. We're going to teach and, and preach from the Word of God in a few weeks about why we do that. But for today, it's enough to know that in Psalms, he says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Seek the good for that little, little town, that little place where God has put such a protection and such a calling on her. We're going to pray for her, but you know, we can't really today on this Sunday, we can't really pray for the peace of Jerusalem without praying for the peace of the United States of America. Turmoil and trouble on the streets of our cities. The church can't turn a blind eye to that. And this pastor doesn't. I've been praying and I've been seeking God and asking him to bring peace to our streets, to our homes, to grieving moms and to kids who are angry and people out on the streets that don't have answers and they're just finding any way they can to just enrage their community. I'm praying for police officers, folks who give their life every day, praying that God will touch and keep them safe and that God will bring a happy resolve. I saw a picture of a little, little guy about 10, 11 years old from Ferguson, Missouri, he, African-American young man who was crying and a policeman reaching out his arms and hu hugging him and that young man hugging him back. And Sister Darlene, I, I took that picture and I posted it on social media and I said, to quote Martin Luther King Jr., I said, oh, I have a dream. The lion will lay down with the lamb. Peace will come to men, to women, to children, to families, to homes. So I want us to pray doubly this morning. I want us to pray for our country, for our young men, our young ladies, for our families, and for our authorities. I want us to be those that seek peace, seek every way we can to obey the word of God that says, as much as lies within you, seek peace with all men. So let's pray this morning, not only for the United States, but let's hold hands with Israel and pray for her today as well. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we come with a double-edged prayer. We pray today that you will touch and minister to the state of Israel, that you will touch your chosen people, that you will minister to their mothers and fathers and to their young men and young ladies, that God, you'll keep their borders safe as there are enemies on every side. Lord, people that have devised and schemed tactics to destroy them, to wipe them off the face of the earth, yet they have stood strong, not because of their own might and not because of their own intelligence, but because of the great and mighty hand of God over their lives. I pray that you will touch them and keep them today. I pray that you will give their leaders wisdom, that you will comfort the mothers and the fathers who grieve, and that you will keep our soldiers, their soldiers, safe on the borders. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Bring peace. We seek it for them. And Lord, we as well seek peace for the United States. We ask you to touch our cities, to touch the streets. Young men and young ladies who are so angry and so hurt, so wounded in their own spirits. God, we see and we understand the social injustices. But we ask you to minister peace to your people. We ask you to bring resolve and to touch them. 
Lord, we're not one another's enemies. It's the enemy of our soul that works hard at dividing and tearing down. We pray as a church, as faith, believers in Christ, that you will touch and minister now to those who have the ability to bring resolve and peace. Bring wisdom alive and let it be something that touches the hearts of all people. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. We intercede for our people. Intercede for our families, mothers and fathers. Asking you, God, give them wisdom to raise their children in an environment, God, of love and peace. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. As Lord, you lay your hands on our authorities. Touch our policemen. Touch our firemen. Touch those in authority who lay their lives on the line every day. Lord, we understand and know they'll be good and bad and everything. But God, we know the majority of them are, are people that have given their lives and sacrificed. And Lord, they have been determined to protect this society and these families. We ask you to touch them, give them confidence and peace, and take away the anxiety and stress over their lives. And help us all, God, to seek the peace that comes only from you. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Our ushers are coming to serve you this morning. This is your opportunity to worship the Lord. We don't ever ask and we don't beg and plead. We just give you an opportunity to worship God. We believe in paying our tithes. We believe in giving to world missions. And all the loose offering that you lay in the offering today will not stay here in this local church. Every dime goes to world missions. The projects we support in South America, all over Europe and Africa, also uh, Western and Eastern Europe as well, and so many places in Latin America. God has blessed us with many, many different projects that we're, we're praying over and that we seek to be as much we can a help to them as they minister the gospel. So thank you for your gifts. Thank you for the faithfulness of your tithe. That's what keeps this ministry able to continue to move forward and then to be able to help others around the world. We ask the Lord, Father, that you will touch and minister now to every gift, touch every giver. I pray that they would be blessed according to your word. For Lord, you have promised that as we obey you in this, Lord, you will see us in all of our life circumstances to be blessed. I thank you for providing. I thank you for promotion. I thank you, Lord, for bountiful blessings that come from the windows of heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Emmanuel with us.
it's good to see you this morning. Turn to somebody and say, you're looking awful pretty. If it's a gentleman, say handsome. It's good to see you this morning. We do want to remember the family of Rob Blevins, who passed away this week. Uh, want to remember him as 58 years old, young man with, with a family, so many children, great-grandchildren, grandchildren. We want to remember him, the family of, of him, and especially his wife, Christine, who attends our church. And also, with Archie McIntosh, we were so honored to memorialize him last evening. He was a gallant servant of the Lord, served this church faithfully for many, many years, and uh, we honored him and want you to keep his family in your prayers. Also tonight, want to make sure you know that at 6 o'clock there will be the children's program. They probably announced that before I took stage, but uh, tonight usually you have to get here early enough to get a seat for those kids. I'm telling you, they just, they stack up. Uh, people are in here that come to church that don't ever, hardly ever see them. They're here tonight. So you want to you wanna come and be a part. It's always a, a special event. And as you know, today is week two in our Advent series where we prepare our hearts for Christmas. But how could I go any further without first welcoming and saying thank you to Sandy Ratley, who is here with us today. Sandy, stand up. We're glad you're with us today. Sandy has just come home. That's all. We're going to lock her up in her room and feed her. So Rick can't get her back to Florida. She moved down to Florida a few months ago, and, and we miss her like crazy. Thought of you many times. We're so glad to see you today. Also, we have special guest Anne DeBoard, and also Missy Reisner, is it? So glad that you're with us, your family, to Marsha Taylor, who is absolutely was representing today our candle of peace. And if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word, we're going to look at Christmas peace today at a time, as I mentioned earlier, when we sure do need it like we never have before. The Word of God is found in Luke chapter 2 for today's text. Starting with verse 8. Marcia's a, a wonderful member of our church, been here a long time, very loyal and supportive, and boy, she is a worshiper. And she is someone who is just so faithful. And Marsha, we love you. And we thank you so much for, well, you, you're awesome. And we, with your mama and your sister right here, let me tell you, she's a special lady. But you already know that. And we're very proud to have her as part of our church family. And thank you for representing today Jesus in Christmas peace. She'll be lighting the candle as we read scripture. And let's begin with chapter 2 and verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Father, we ask your blessings upon your word. And Lord, we ask you by your Holy Spirit to challenge us and speak to our hearts today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Boy, I've sure been praying that. I'm sure that you have as well. Peace. Lord, give us peace. Touch us today with peace. We need peace in our streets. We need peace in our homes. We need peace in our schools. So much turmoil, so much enraged emotion. No matter what side of it you're on, it's got to be sad for anyone who cares about our country, who cares about our families, who cares about order, 
who cares about living in joy and peace. Something that has touched all of us. And you know what I see most of all, and I, I felt as I prayed over this and connected with, with this and how it would touch us with the message of peace, I, I thought about the scripture where I just read to you where it talked about fear. How amazing was the, the message that came from the angel of the Lord to the shepherds, and it says, and they were very afraid. And I thought, that's where the society was in Bethlehem. That's where they were on those backside of the hills. They were all afraid, even those who worked in the country, even those who were doubting their menial jobs. Everyone was afraid, and the, any kind of distraction or anything sudden that came to them in any way, they were so used to bad news that they were afraid. The society was afraid. And I thought, you know, what I saw on television when I looked at what's happening in Boston and New York City and Chicago and Ferguson, Missouri and St. Louis, when I saw what was happening in those little towns and big cities, when I saw the folks who you look into their eyes and you really look closely, if you, if you, you know, you don't know, I, I, I told somebody, somebody, you know, the, the, the arguments and the debates just go back and forth and I don't know that anybody can sit down and figure that all out. But there is something we can't agree on, and that's simply this. You look into the eyes of the policemen standing on the sides of the road, and, and you look into the eyes of the young men and the young ladies who are so enraged as they're walking down through the streets, and you see them as they're looting and coming in and out of things, and, and they're looking around, and you're seeing the look on their face, and everyone's got the same look. They're afraid. They're all afraid. And I looked at that, and that's what I've been praying for. I've been praying, God, remove the fear. Everyone's afraid. They're afraid. Your fear of color, fear of your family, fear of law, fear to be the law, fear to go out after dark, no peace, only trouble on every side, war on every hand, no peace. We're in a dangerous place in our country, if you haven't noticed. If you're not aware of what's happening, I, I tell folks all the time, the church ought not to just close the doors and close the blinds to the world around us and not be relevant. There ought to be a message in this house that's relevant to what's going on in our society because we are part of the history of what's happening in the kingdom. Revelation is part of history and it's part of what's happening on the streets right now. There's fear. Men's hearts, the Bible says in the last days, will fail them for fear. And I see them and I, I see the tears and I see the anger and I see the emotion. And I pray and I say, God, give us peace. Give us an answer. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? And Kathy, it's wonderful to see you back in church as well. She's been through it. She broke a, a leg and she has just been out of commission for several weeks, 13 how, how long? Seven? Three? Okay, three weeks. It seems like you've been gone forever. <laughs> I'm going to go now. I'll see. <laughs> but it's good to see you today. It seems like you've been gone forever. But I received a text from Kathy the other day. and She was telling me how the Lord had touched her. She had had a supernatural type of feeling. And she would be in church today, and she is. And I thought about that as I, I looked at the, the, the situations and I watched the televisions and, and I was praying and seeking the face of God. And Sister Linda, I, I said, God, we need peace. And he said, you already have it. And I was like, Lord, you don't get it. We've got this rioting going on. We've got all this trouble, and we've got all this turmoil. And there's so much going rage going on around the world, and especially in our own country. Lord, we need peace. And he said, you already have it. He already came. He's right there. But hearing, they don't hear. Seeing, they don't see. He said, I've already come already brought an answer they're just not hearing pray that they see pray that they hear pray that they 
they look to the one who can truly help them. Oh, they've got their eyes on everyone else. They've, they're blaming and pointing fingers and, and they're all mad at one another and they're in fear of everybody and they're standing around. Just in the, the rage is just getting worse. This is a representation of the earth. This is the way it's been. This is the way it's been since the Garden of Eden. They ran in fear and hid from the Lord. It's always been this way. This is what evil represents in the world. He turns humanity against humanity. And he then begins to work in their hearts. And he disables them with fear. So that they have no faith. So they can't believe and they can't see. I heard one of the cries of the people in the streets. One sign that was up by a lady who was walking down and it said, save our sons. When I saw that, I thought, oh my goodness. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything that's come out of nowhere. We've never seen this before. It all came crashing down on me in just a moment. This is something we've seen before. We've read about before. This is a distraction to keep us from the real issues of spiritual warfare. To keep us away from the truth of what's really going on. Fight in the streets so that you don't see the evil intention and schemes behind their broken humanity. Don't see what's really going on. Keep your eyes distracted. Keep killing one another so that you don't see the liar and the deceiver behind it all. You see, what we're seeing is an age-old device of the devil. It's evil, rampant in our streets. It's an old tactic, an old trick. We can step back into the very first Christmas, and you'll begin to see exactly what I'm talking about. I checked out the 100 safest places to live in the United States on the Internet. And I found it interesting that at number nine is this little town called Baldwin. And because it said Missouri, I was interested as to where it was. So I clicked on the Google map and I found out that Baldwin is right there in the same district, in the same county, suburb of St. Louis that Ferguson, Missouri is. And what was interesting is that number nine in the top 100, in the top 10 places, safest places for you to live, is right in the back door of the current crisis and trouble that's going on in our country. I thought, how interesting. I checked that they have the same highway. They got the same, they're right next to each other. And you look at this, and then I started searching and doing research on Baldwin. What's happening in Baldwin, the news in Baldwin. And the people are in fear. The people are are boarding up their businesses and they're scared. They're living in fear. And I thought, wow, this once very safe place, top 10, going to move somewhere. If you're going to find a new location, that's where you go. Go to Baldwin, Missouri. It's in the top 10. But today, even there, there is no peace. There is no safety. Death is everywhere. I mean, these folks moved to Baldwin to get away from New York City's troubles and Chicago's troubles. They didn't think moving to Baldwin, Missouri, that they'd have issues. And here they are right in the back door of the trouble that's literally spurned riots all over our country. Death is everywhere. It's all around us. Crime, violence, rioting, and trouble. You can't get away from it. Darkness is everywhere. It bleeds down into the smallest, littlest communities. It touches everyone. Evil cannot be conquered in and of itself. You can push it away and you can keep it at arm's length, but you've got to understand it must be dealt with sooner or later. It's got to be dealt with. Anyone seeking quiet and a peaceful life where these kind of things never happen really picked the wrong planet to be born on. Because this world is full of strife and full of trouble. And it's full of evil. And there is no one inside. We're looking to Washington. We're looking to our politicians. We're even looking to, to leaders, government leaders, and 
uh, community leaders and we're looking to those around us, uh, our families even. We're looking for man to solve our problem. But how many of you know this was the problem that Bethlehem was facing? This was the problem that the world was facing when finally God let it be known through the prophets that when the time the, had fully come, a baby would be born. But not just a baby. A baby that would be the seed of a woman, fully man, and yet divine from God, which would be fully God. Fully man, fully God has come to the answer. You remember from last Sunday, it started in the Garden of Eden when God looked at the enemy square in the eyes and told him straight up, I will make war between you and this woman's offspring. You will strike a blow to him, but he will crush your head. And so understand, peace has come because war was declared at Bethlehem on the holy night. Oh, a lot of folks like to typify it as, as a cute little sweet little scene. And, and, and we understand and we love the Christmas pageants that show it as a silent holy night. In many respects, spiritually, it was. It was a holy night. It was a wonderful night. The shepherds stood on the side of the hill and the angels sang the song, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was all of those things, but understand this, at the same time, it was a declaration of war. It was a powerful move on God's part. God decided to checkmate his enemy at Bethlehem that night. In Bethlehem, became a small little town. I mean, it was a little place, about six, seven miles away from Jerusalem. It was the place you stopped to get a drink before you went into the big city. It was nothing. They didn't have hardly anybody, maybe a few hundred people, maybe one inn that was full the night that Jesus and Mary, or Joseph and Mary found themselves coming into the city for the census. It was a little town. It wasn't no big deal. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, the carol says. It was something that, 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 that wasn't the big part of the news. You wouldn't find in the Bethlehem Gazette any kind of interesting information. It was just a bunch of good old folks living in a safe little town, kind of like Baldwin. From there, there in that little town, God decided that would be the place where he would declare war on the devil. And I guarantee you that same war is being fought today. And the enemy is striking. He's striking. He's striking. But let me tell you something. Peace has already come. The good news, the message of the angels has already arrived. He's here. But people are not seeing it. They're not hearing it. It's time that we get our eyes off of the distractions around us and remember to turn our focus back to the things that will bring real peace. Jesus. Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God who came. The angels declared it. He came. The safest place in all the world is in the cradle of a manger in Bethlehem. That's where our peace comes from. That's where our safety comes from. We've got to go back and understand what it was all about. And remember that that world was not unlike our own. You remember? I mean, there was trouble all around Bethlehem when Christ was born. There was trouble. Mary became pregnant in extremely strange circumstances. Joseph and Mary took the dangerous trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. When they got to Bethlehem, there's no room for them. Jesus was born in a manger, a cave, a place where the animals hung out. It wasn't that cute little spot we'll have in the Christmas play a few weeks from now. It wasn't that serene. It stunk. It was leftovers. The Magi came through Jerusalem, asked where the baby was who was born king of the Jews, and Herod was so disturbed that he ordered the execution of all the sons. All the babies, the boys of Bethlehem. When I read that, I saw that lady's sign as she was walking in the protest the other night, save our sons. And I thought, oh, devil, 
you're still trying to destroy the boys of Bethlehem. You're still trying to destroy our sons. You're still trying to tear down our communities, our faith. In Matthew chapter 2, the story is told well. It says there in verse 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. The decree had come to a sweet little town called Bethlehem, and now mothers were crying. People, families were mourning. The streets were filled with blood in sweet little Bethlehem. When God declared war on the enemy, it started a spiritual warfare that you and I must not deny and we cannot ignore. We must remember that Christmas is peace. Christmas is peace that comes to us from God with a price tag. It comes with a price tag. The Lord Jesus Christ giving his very life for us. The enemy so determined that he will destroy every part of God's plan. Destroy faith in the hearts of people and enrage them with fear. And that's exactly the same tactic and same scheme that he's doing in this very hour and this day. And we must hear the angels sing again. We got to hear them sing again. We've got to understand, man, the, the angels were afraid. Mary was afraid when the angel came to her. Joseph, the angel said, do not be afraid. It was, the, it was a fearful time for them. It's a fearful time for us as well. And the angels that came always, whenever they came, it struck fear. But we need to remember they came with good news. When the angel come, came, it came with good news. They came to tell us about an answer, a resolve. They came to tell us about peace. And peace has come. He has already come. The star overstood, stood over where the house was. And the, the shepherds found him in the house where he was. The angels, maybe they weren't seen by everybody in Bethlehem. I, I kind of get the idea that Bethlehem kept right on sleeping while the very son of God was being born in the stable out back. I kind of think that they just carried on their normal routine that next morning. They really didn't see anything spectacular. I don't know if they could have seen the angels. I don't know if they just showed themselves only to the shepherds. I don't know. All I know is this. There was people who were ready to hear, people who were ready to listen. And Joseph listened, and Mary listened, Elizabeth listened, and so many folks in the story have heard, and they saw the supernatural exposing of God's plan to the earth. And I want to be one of those people, whether it's through a song or through a sermon, I want to be through prayer, I want to be one of those that when the angels are singing their song about the answer that has come to the earth, I want to hear them sing. We've got to hear it again. We've got to pray that our eyes be opened, that our hearts be attuned. That we hear that there is, this is not a hopeless generation. This is not a place of despair. We're not distraught with people that have no hope. We have hope. We heard that last week. This week we need to remember there is peace. There's peace for our streets. There's peace for our families. There's peace for the church today in this hour and we can hold to it. It doesn't come from the government, it doesn't come from the police, it doesn't come from the rioters, it doesn't come from the civil protesters, it doesn't come from any human being. It comes from the one and only answer who came from heaven's glorious throne, who found his way into humanity. There he broke through every barrier, every trouble and trial of this earth to bring good news. And the angels were so excited, one angel had to wanted to share with them and wanted to make an announcement. But then it says, suddenly, suddenly, out of nowhere, there was a sky filled with heaven's host. Heaven couldn't hardly sit back, could they? Oh, one angel had been sent so many different times. But now, here at the, the announcement, the angel said, behold, this day in the city of David, a Savior is born then it says, and then suddenly, the host of heaven filled the sky, and they sang, glory to God in the highest, 
peace on earth, goodwill towards men. He already came. So the question is, do you hear them? Do you see? Are you listening? Are you aware? Or do you just go on about your day? Go on about your life? Are you in tune? When he's speaking, I want to hear. When he's singing, I want to sing. I want, I want to pray the prayer and I want to see the answer and I want to remember where it comes from. And peace will come to our streets when the church stands up in the faith that has already come. The peace that has already arrived. We're not looking for it. We're not seeking for it. He's here. The angels have already declared he's here. And he is the answer for today. And if we'll turn our eyes and our focus and not get distracted, if we'll not look to the beggarly elements and the things that try, the enemy tries to get us so distracted. He wanted, the devil wanted all their moms crying and hidden in their homes in fear because the Messiah came. Fear because the Lord came. That little baby, whoever he was, they want, the enemy wanted the message all over Bethlehem. Don't go out of your house. Don't go outside because that little baby's not the answer. That little baby didn't bring any peace. That baby didn't bring any kind of resolve. But oh, let me tell you something. I know today he brought peace into my life and he's brought peace into hundreds and thousands and millions since. He is the peace that we need. He's the peace that has come from heaven. And even though the enemy wants to distract, he wants to get your eyes and your focus off of the good news and off of the song of the angels, he cannot be deceived. Those little, those little boys, they were, they were sacrificed. And Herod, the evil man, the evil schemer from the enemy that persuaded him, did wrong. And there's wrong. There's evil in our streets. There's evil in our society. But because Jesus came, that's why he was trying to distract. And that's why he's distracting today. He wants you to turn your eyes off of the faith. Isn't it amazing that the enemy strategically causes these things to take place when our focus turns back to Christ? At Christmas isn't it amazing that he picks times when he knows that see he doesn't want us to hear the message again he doesn't want you to hear the angel song he doesn't want you to know that peace has already come he wants you to be screaming in the streets for peace when God looks down and says he's already here stand with me this morning Hallelujah. I know the peace speaker. He controls the wind and waves. When he says peace, be still. They have to obey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Do you hear it? Yes, I know. Do you hear the good news in your own heart this morning? Do you know that he has come? We've got more with us who are against us. Do you remember the story of Elisha in the Old Testament when his servant stood there seeing the enemy all around in the streets. And he said, what shall we do? Lord, what shall we do when the servant looked to Elijah? Elijah. There, 
the prophet looked at him and said, oh, God, open his eyes that he may see. And in that moment, the servant turned, opened his eyes, and all over the city of Dothan, he saw so many chariots and so many angels. And the prophet said, look and behold, for there is more that are for us than who is against us. There is more this morning that is for us than who is against us. You need to hear the good news. There's more that are for us than are against us. Peace has come to the earth. Good news has come to the earth. You and I have that good news. So we must stand up in it. Stand up in the boldness of it. And declare the good news. Men and women will hear we don't get distracted. Can you say amen? Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, would you consider where you are in your trust and in your love for your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been living in fear or are you walking in faith? Where are you? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Do you trust him with every part of you? Do you have you given yourself wholly to him? If you haven't this morning, I want to give you an opportunity right now before we go. I want to give you the opportunity to accept him as your Lord and your Savior. If you're here today and you'd like to pray that prayer, we're going to make an altar right there at your seat. And so I'd ask you, if you'd just slip up your hand and write back down, we're going to pray a prayer to receive Jesus this morning. Can I include you in that prayer? Anyone at all? I'm going to assume at this early hour, everybody here is trusting in Jesus. But listen to me, folks. There's one more closing prayer that we need today. And that's the prayer that continues to trust and not be distracted. The schemes and the devices of the enemy that would so try to turn your faith away from God in fear. In fear, thinking there is no peace. He's already come. He's already here. Trust in Him. Be bold and be strong in your faith. And be part of the answer. Let them hear you. Declare the truth. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you this morning for the truth of your word. We thank you for the good news that has come. We thank you, God, that you have given to us all we need to survive until we go into the precious promise that you've given to every one of us. I pray that you will touch your people today, strengthen them by your Holy Spirit and speak to them, challenge them into a place of faith, to walk in boldness and faith, to lift up your name to all generations, to the lost and the hurting, to the fearful today. We pray, God, that you will touch and minister to the church to stand up in boldness and declare the faith that they need. Hope has already come. Peace is already here. And we ask you to help us today as we go forth the body of Christ into our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.